This episode of the Airwaves is brought to you by Mendafriend. Go to mendafriend.co.uk and get £5 off when you use the promo code AIRWAVES1. That's AIRWAVES, the number one. Come on then, I've got, I've only got, I've got, an, I've got an hour 15 minutes there. An hour 15, right, okay, here we go then. Please keep an eye on that clock. Star Wars has news, and lots of it. Sony wants to do a Danger Mouse film. Train Spotting 2 is shooting next summer, and Indiana Jones 5 is a thing. So is the airwaves. This is the time set aside to do podcasting. The podcasting question is the airwaves, the show that takes a minute to compose itself. Remember how it does things and then get on with the business of stuff with me this week. (laughs) I just remembered you never go to that person till last. I don't know. I know. All the way. Hold on. It's only me, right? All the way from London, Alex G. Alex G. Fox. There you go, sir. How you doing? All right. Yeah, I'm all right. I nearly didn't turn up. I know you didn't. Cause you, I just assumed there wasn't any because I didn't have my handwritten gold-plated invitation. You couldn't. You couldn't decipher um, the message on uh, on you Telegram. Know, you're using all this like young hip person type. You know, let's touch base and do like well, you I've, know. And I was I've like, created a Slack no, 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 channel, you, but nobody you uses just, it. You just have to actually say. This time, this place, you will be doing that, and then I can cope. But you, you know, any ambiguity, that's it. I've I was just finished cooking dinner, and I thought, oh, it's Monday, isn't it? Uh, I better check. I shall do that next week. I say cooking dinner, but just sort of paid Mic- the bloke at the door actually. But you know, it's the same difference. All oh, right. Oh, well, yeah. Ah, last but not least, fresh from Hall Soothers, Lemsip Strepsils, Brandy, Carl Madden. How are you doing, sir? Oh, not well, sir. Not well. Bloody cold. A bloody cold hit me again midweek. Just knocks me bandy. I haven't had one for ages. That's the trouble. Oh, lucky you. I had one a couple of weeks ago. Oh, all I know is what a rip-off strepsils are. That's <laughs> in the garage, anyway. Four quid a box. What? Four quid a box? You Get keep your strepsils in the garage. I keep mine in the kitchen cupboard. Well, there you go. Maybe that's what you're doing wrong, Carl. He goes out, he has to walk down the end of the garden, freezing cold, and to go and get his strepsils. It doesn't help. Which came first, the strepsils or the cold? Oh, that's cold, done. obviously. That's done, that's done your mind in. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of nothing in particular, October 21st, 2015, Wednesday. I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> October 21st, 2015. By which time we'll have hoverboards, flying cars. Oh. <laughs> this is a Back to the Future reference. It is a Back to the Future reference. Yep. See, it's finally I- arrived after years and years of waiting. They can't do. They're not up to Jaws 19 yet. No, quite. It's still two days. It is, yeah, it's still two days. But, you know, Lexus have done a hoverboard. Um... Nike, wow. Nike have done the, the, the wind-up trainers or whatever they are. 
I remember the hats being in, in uh, uh, Universal Studios or somewhere when I went over there about 10, 12 years ago. That multicolored baseball cap. So they got one bit right. Well done. Um, isn't Pepsi doing the bottle as well? They are doing the special edition bottle. I think you can you can order it online, the Pepsi Perfect bottle, yeah. They should just do that. It looks a cool bottle. The, the Pepsi Perfect bottle does look really good. It, it looks a bit like a... Um, it's always looked to me like a, a can of uh, Mr. Muscle because the, the cap on the top, I saw how I always thought, oh, that's how you open it. You, un, you, un, you kind of click off the cap on the top and you spray it into your mouth. Okay, you lost me there, but well done. Who's going to sue who, though? Because somebody must have designed that for the movie. Pepsi. They all did. All the product placement in the movie was done by the various companies. Yeah, That's the go. whole point. Yeah. Which is yeah, why DeLorean made no money, because by the time the film came out, no one could buy a DeLorean anymore. <laughs> well, well you reckon DeLorean designed the car just for that? <laughs> well, yeah. I'll tell you what, though. A friend of mine has got a DeLorean, and we uh, we drove down Royal Wooden Bassett High Street, and, it's, and it's, it was a very, very peculiar moment because I was driving down the high street and you actually get people stopping. Cars were slowing down. Phones were yeah, coming just out. just pick up the bits that have fallen off. But, yeah. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, phone, phones were coming out. People were pointing. And, I remember uh, when they went bankrupt, you couldn't give them away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was terrible. Uh, you know, the guy got caught doing dodgy deals on video and busted and that was yep. all they were known for. And then, of course, that film comes out and <laughs> totally changes it would have totally changed the company it would have done yeah because everyone would have had them yeah. only problem is with that car front and rear drum brakes not good not yeah. good it barely stops that thing does it was well a hell of its time it was it just looked amazing even back then it looked amazing yeah, the best thing was had a three and a half liter vanden plaar you know the rover and it had the sort of similar steering wheel <laughs> and that was it. You know, the, the, you'd reached the future then. Yeah. I'll tell you what. The fastback, that was even better. But that's, that's we, we, you know, we, we're not doing the Top Gear version. So. Mm. I'll tell you what, though, Carl. You'd be, you'd be well at home in that thing. There is in, an enormous amount of leg room. He was a tall guy, though, weren't he? If I remember correctly. Uh, probably, yeah. Depends yeah. if you've got a flex capacitor in the back. That takes up yeah. quite a lot of room. Quite quite cl- cram- uh, cramped when he was sitting in there with the hoverboard and the flat capacitor and his his dog <laughs> yeah and his dog his lap <laughs> his yeah. life preserver jacket his girlfriend on. on his lap exactly and dog yeah. in the back yeah. but uh, yeah, good film good film classic film mm-hmm. is it thirty years I can't believe it's thirty years well, it's eighty five isn't it the first one came out eighty four eighty five so old I actually remember going to see it in, in the movies no nah, it can't be thirty years old I was an adult when that came out. Uh, well, I weren't. I was a, I was a teenager, and I'm older than you. So how does that work? Well, I meant an adult, as in I wasn't didn't have to have my mum take me to the cinema. It came out in 1985. There you go. If it was an 18, you'd have been in trouble. Well, it wasn't. Yep. Well, there you go. There we go. <laughs> well, eight wasn't it? Probably back I would then. Just trimmed my beard then. The yeah. only difference between then and now is my beard wasn't grey. <laughs> my beard didn't exist yet. I was one. <laughs> there we go. Right. Shall we get in to the subject of the week? Nay, the entire year. Play it, Mr. Carl. That's enough, that's enough. So I didn't know the clangers had changed their theme, Jane. Yeah. 
Right. Well, where do you want? To, where do you want to start? Do you want to? Do you want to start with not um, episode one? No. Well, no. By the time this comes out, by the time you finally publish it, <clears throat> by the time you finally push it out there, right? <laughs> by the time I finally push it out. So, so the trailer, the trailer is coming out in America tonight in the middle of a football game. Now, mm-hmm. I, I always wonder, right, how this is going to work because obviously uh, Disney have paid for the ad spot because it's apparently going to be the full length trailer. So what, two and a half minutes normally. Um, and it's going to be stuck in the middle of some Monday night football game over there in the States. So I could just imagine a load of people who would never even watch Monday night football is now going to be tuned in specifically to watch this advert. So like who's paying who here? (laughs) Well, it it will be the single most popular Sunday night, well, Monday night football game the world has ever seen. Well, the trailers will. Uh, the adverts will be. The adverts. Well, yeah, so, as soon as it comes on, the viewing figures will just drop through the, exactly. through the floor. There's, there's so many adverts in an American football game. I just, you just, it's got to be towards the end, isn't it? Surely. But uh, yeah, and then hopefully tomorrow, by the time we wake up tomorrow, we'll be able to see it and get some uh, a more of an idea be- uh, about what the plot line is. Because amazingly enough, we still know very, very little about what the plot line is. There's lots of rumors about Death Star 3.0 and things like that, but nothing really concrete. Well, that appears to be on the front of the poster, because the yes. poster was released as well. It appears, and what's missing, though, from the poster? Oh, yeah. No, it's all right. He's wearing that mask. No, that's like, well, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you are still talking English, aren't you? Yes, we are. Oh, just checking. Have you not seen any of this, Alex? It's... Oh. Uh, it's I've around. got that thing that gets in the way. Um, what's it called? Oh, yeah, a life. No, you haven't. I know you. You <laughs> can't use that excuse. I know I've that's got, completely... i got a wife, i got kids, i got mortgages, i got two businesses no. to run. No, doesn't matter. Oh, no, okay, don't do any of them well, but they do get in the way of entertainment sometimes. <laughs> now, it's quite a lot in that, um, that poster that's come out. Like I say, there's, there's Chewie on there, there's 3PO and R2. Is it 3PO? Yeah, I think that's 3PO in the background. It is. Uh, he, he's on there. Yeah. Uh, the new guys as well. Um, but we are missing Luke Skywalker from that picture, which is weird, considering he's the the main hero of the... Well, considering region. he's second on the cast list, because Harrison Ford is uh, is up at the top, and then it's Mark Hamill, Hamill and Carrie Fisher. She's, I, know, I, she's I, just, I just was just checking, because I really don't follow this at all. And I was like, you, you must know who's in it. And then you sort of said that, and I thought, well, that's all right then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all know he's in it. He's just not pictured. He's not pictured no. on the main poster. That's just well, why. No, no, he's not as pretty as he used to be. Maybe they just perhaps he's in the suit of one of the um, one of the. Well, Simon Pegg is one of those people in a uh, in a in a uh, in a uniform. Like, yeah. on the bottom, isn't he? But uh, no, I mean they, uh, they they released that promotional uh, poster, didn't they? When they was doing the um, the Disney meetup thing. And that looked awful, I've got to say. But this looks more like what I'd call a Star Wars poster, if there is such a thing. This looks a bit more like a Star Wars poster. It's a little bit more colourful than the ones that, um, than the originals, I think. Because the originals were slightly more pastel-y, especially the first one. The first one was actually quite bland. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because that was, obviously, that was concept art as well. They based it on concept art, so there was no real understanding of how the actual movie would look. Um, obviously, by the second and third one, they they knew how everything would look, which is why if you look at the original one, um, <laughs> like Skywalker's got his chest out and big ripped muscles, and he's holding up a what well, just a beam of light. It doesn't look like a lightsaber. 
And all the ships are pretty nondescript. And Leah, well, I don't know what's happened to Leah on that original photo. She's kind of climbing all over him in a very, very unfortunate way. If you know the history now, <laughs> it's a bit weird. <laughs> it's a bit weird, yeah. yeah. They should have gone to Fiverr and they got one of those to make their profile. Yes, should have gone to Fiverr. What a rip-off that is. Anyway, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks good. It looks good. It, the, the Shades of a recent success on Fiverr, Mister Carl. No, me? no, I just, I just don't, I just don't rate it at all. But it's my personal, obviously. Uh, da, 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 and I don't know when you compare it to the um, the episode one, two, and three posters. They they look okay, but they looked always a bit dark. And I always thought the fir- the, 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 the first one looked a bit silly because because what's his name? Jake Law is just kind of standing there. Yeah, so, well, and you got a stupid Gungan bloke in the bottom right-hand corner as well. But, right, uh, I, jar, the jar. Now. I can see what you're talking about. Hey, and also you got, I always forget that Liam Neeson is in episode one, and it, it just always strikes me as weird now when I watch it. Well, he's the, best, like, bit, he's the best bit about it. He has a very special set of skills. This is the problem. I just link him now with the guy from Taken all the time, and I'm just waiting for him to say that line. And of course, I know it's a different movie. Someone's got to have done that mashup somewhere online. Uh, on no, he, his best role, obviously, was Love Actually. <laughs> what well, is this guy? Obviously, played Oscar Schindler for God. We, you know, we tend to forget because he he done that role so perfectly. But then he appeared in this monstrosity. <laughs> yeah, I actually got uh, the. It's funny the. Um the uh what do you call it the return of the jedi um i've actually got the original vhs of return of the jedi and that's i've got it, them all yeah as in the original yeah. ones on vhs they're still in the plastic slowly de- money. slowly degrading <laughs> actually i don't know if it's i don't even know if it still plays oh, i might have to bake it in the oven for a bit that'll, that'll loosen it up <laughs> mind you you can have some dvds that degrade because of dvd rot that they, they discovered a few years after the fact you can, yeah. Well, CDs certainly, yeah. The, the surface of CDs certainly rot, or at least the old ones do. So, has anyone has anyone yet submitted their order for a BB-8? Anybody? <laughs> no. I'm going to keep checking, because one of you, one of you will blink and purchase a BB-8. So, has anyone seen the 10 seconds of new Star Wars footage? Did anyone clamber to Tumblr to go and see it, to see someone... Just no, <laughs> no. I, I I didn't see it until you posted the link for the for the show. But um, I tell you what, I did get from that. It's only ten seconds. It's like eight seconds or something. Is it's it's real. It's not not real life, obviously. But it's physical. It's not a flipping green screen, or it's not the stuff up close. Isn't a green screen because he's there. It's out. It's the bit that they. I, I, I recognise the area as well. They, it's the bit they filmed in um, in England. They filmed a lot of it in England, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. But you can, when there was like people were getting spy shots of everything, you can see it's that place that's meant to look like a base outside. And it's good. It's like there's people running around. There's actually activity. It's not two or three people slowly walking down a computer-generated corridor having a little chat. Well, this is the thing that they've been touting about this film from, the, from uh, you know, after that, um, I think it was the, the big Star Wars um, meet that they did. That was when they first brought uh, BB-8 out on the stage. And they released that that kind of pseudo trailer of um, oh real sets, real stuff. They still can't do models for the ships. They probably look better, but there we go. And you know, real lens flares. <laughs> I haven't seen any yet. I got to tell you the truth. 
there are some lens flares on the. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. But uh, it's kind of a signature, isn't it? But uh, yeah, um, apparently we can start ordering tickets from tomorrow anyway. We can in the States. I'm not sure about the UK. Well, a, a friend of mine at work has already booked the day off. <laughs> oh, right. After. Well, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I am. I'm going, I'm going to try and get down to IMAX or somewhere in London showing it at IMAX. Me and Baz, we're going to, we're going to go and see it on a really big screen. So that mm. should be. I'm I'm not entirely sure I'm going to bother going to see it at the cinema because it will every single night will be packed and I hate packed cinemas. It will, it will first couple of weeks, but then it will die down because people just move on to the next thing. Mm, maybe, maybe. I just think this will be so popular. I think this is going to be this is going to blow every other film out of the water. Oh, it would. I, I'm, I'm. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Just the fact that it exists. I mean, the first one done lots of business forget because it was so bad but because it's got the you know the title star wars there people would see it again and again and again even though they hated it because they had to see it again to actually think i couldn't hate it that bad what did i miss the first time and nope every time i saw it i just hated it more <laughs> <laughs> you just trying to check yeah just making sure you're not gone mad mm. not just not just me then not just me alex, mm. alex you i know you're gonna seek out the film in some medium or other are you going to? I'm a bit disappointed that he's going to uh, the IMAX and never even considered asking me if I'd like to go with. Too late now, though. So don't 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 bother because I know you oh, you wouldn't anyway. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't going. No, don't worry. <laughs> oh dear. That's terrible. You got anywhere I can come up and watch it with you then? <laughs> you, who me? Yeah, yeah. yeah come uh, come watch like it at the local DVD uh, down Just the back of the pub. I don't mind. You know. Situation would be going to the cinema with Alex. Oh, look at that lens flare there. I, I wouldn't do. Look at that shot. That's not lined up properly. That's not straight. That's like that's Instagram. That is. That's, <laughs> you have never been to the cinema with me. I know. You're completely wrong. I never say anything. I might disturb you with my snoring, but I never say oh, anything. Dear. That's the other thing. I used to go with my dad, and my dad would fall asleep all the time. We we got this pass thing to go to uh, my local cinema, and I'd take him, and I'd look across, I'd be like 20 minutes into the film. Oh, dear. Did you I go and watch Interstellar? with a particular girlfriend that I never, ever got through the opening credits before I was asleep. We didn't last that long. <laughs> <laughs> we are still talking about the movies when you say the opening. Right, anyway, so mm. just check. Well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to see. <laughs> very good. I'm going to see if um, the local um, the local um, cinema in Swindon, which is actually quite good, uh, you know, decent screen, very good sound quality. Um, I'm going to see if I can get in on a like a a Tuesday night at Oh Christ Hundred Hours. And- yeah, I could just go when the rest of you are at work and doing things. Well, that's uh, the, that's the thing. You can you can just go when when other people are. And just go because I'm the boss. Yeah, <laughs> but we still got two months to go yet. So let's not forget. Let's not like do it too heavily here because next week we can obviously talk about the actual trailer. And then Look, I'm sure whenever you've got me on the show, I will not be taking up too much of the time with this. <laughs> well, but, uh, um, you're both coming back next week for a show, so. We'll, we'll find out. I'll try and find out what it is by then. I was going to say, you try and find <laughs> Well, we'll let both of you know for definite we've got a show coming up. Thank you. Hopefully, Carl won't have a stinking, play. horrible, nasty cold. This. You know what? Just to no. let you know, I'm just as ill as Carl. Just, I'm just not making the fuss. I just keep muting my mic every few seconds to cough and splutter. Professionals, you see? Well, 
sort of. It looks like you're drinking a glass of eggnog there, Carl. Science juice. Science juice. It, like, it like, makes my throat... Grog. Grog. <laughs> Nog. Grog. <laughs> I was in Switzerland once and I got a really bad cold from, you know, going down mountains in the cold. And they made me this grog stuff and it had rum and various things. I don't know if it cured the cold, but I certainly stopped complaining. Teaspoonful of uh, lime pickle usually sets it off a treat. Really? Can't even later then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, oh dear, he needs an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe... It does it. Maybe you need... Maybe you need what our what our sponsor has to give you. This episode of the Airwaves is brought to you by Mend a Friend. You can mend a friend with a fully stocked cold and flu care package delivered direct to their door. Each box is packed with goodies tailored to beat colds and flu. Do you want one of these boxes? I will send you one of these boxes. I want one of these now. If this is going to be a sponsor, I want. I want. I tell you what. Want to mend a friend. You need code. chicken soup, don't you? You want a couple of bars of Galaxy and some Dextro Energy sweets and some Kleenex. <laughs> I always need Kleenex because they're never around when you need them. <laughs> and you also need uh, whole soothers. You see, you could have got, you got your soothers. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's fun for me, and this is not even like a joke advert either it's just it's a real thing no, it's not a joke advert it's a real advert no i know just because the fact i'm ill it sounds like you're making it up but it's not it's, it, it's- it does it does and you know what we've done it properly we have integrated the advertising into the episode and into the the story of the of the people running it so if you want to use Mendafriend, go to mendafriend.co.uk and if you go to forward slash airwaves one I'm told you might get some money off it because this is a friend of mine who runs this and I thought I'd give him a bit of a shout out. Well done. Airways so, one, it sounds like we're like flying the president around or something. <laughs> well is it air- number one. It's more like a paper airplane. The airwaves the number one. Yes. A I R W A V E S one. I have to think well, about it. Well we that. are the number one. Yes. So it's mendafriend.co.uk. M-E-N-D-A-F-R-I-E-N-D dot co dot UK. Oh, don't talk to me for a minute. I'm just placing an order. Go there and send a box to Carl. <laughs> so you don't know my address. But <laughs> send a box to Carl. See if he can guess his address. Giant London. There we go. There we go. Yeah, Mighty multi. They'll find it. Eventually. Monumented Metropolis. And among the mansions of Mayfair, Danger Mouse. This is the movies. Sony plans a Danger Mouse movie. Recently revived on TV with Arm- Alexander Armstrong. Kevin Eldon and Stephen Fry among the voice cast. Danger Mouse is also set to storm the big screen. Sony Pictures Animation and Studio Canal have hatched a plan for a movie with producers Neil Moritz and Toby Escher overseeing the diminutive super spy shenanigans. Um, starting life as an animated series from Cosgrove Hall in the early 80s, Danger Mouse was a secret agent channeling James Bond and Danger Man <laughs> and getting involved in a lot of silly nonsense on a weekly basis. So before we get into the possibility of a movie, let's have a very quick discussion about the series so far. Now... I uh, I don't often find myself watching modern children's television programs, but I've I've been really impressed with this because it's actually it's actually quite funny and it's and it's reasonably entertaining. Alex, I, yeah, I, I assume you've been keeping my, up with it. I watch it with my boy, my younger boy. Um, 
be laughing at different things. And, uh, I, you know, it, I, I, there's not an awful lot I've shared with him televisually over the, the time. But I get messages at work. What time are you coming home? Are you going to be here in time to watch it with me? Or shall I wait to watch it with you later? Because we have to watch it together. So it's iPlayer if I'm not home or I get home in time just so we can sit down at six o'clock for our 11-minute Danger Mouse. And it, it's a weird thing to say. There's not been a weak episode. The storylines are just as silly as they used to be. The character, I, I quite like it. And you, you forget how adult funny the old versions were. I mean, they're not like sometimes you watch these children's programs and they throw in sort of double entendres so the kids won't get it, but you do. It's not like that at all. It's, um, there is adult humour. There's references to the modern age. There's references to being, you know, uh, almost middle-class Londoner in there. There's lots of things in there that, unless you were of that age or even that, persuasion if you like you wouldn't get but you know he's really enjoying it i'm really enjoying it and uh we're even watching the omnibus edition it's mm. our pajamas mm. watching the omnibus edition thing so <laughs> it's cool oh no it really is good i was looking forward to it because i enjoyed it as a kid but i think that's what they've done though i mean don't want to harp on about it because it is done a kid's program but they've gone you know what, the people that are going to want to watch this as much as the children are the people that watched it originally. So we need to put something in for them as well. And they've done that really well. And Alexander Armstrong, Kevin Elbs, and Stephen Fry's character, is it's a little bit silly, but that's what it always was. But the two main characters are spot on really nicely. It, they're, they're, I have a very, very, I mean, I'm sure they are good actors. There must be ad-libs in there somewhere because... It's too smooth to be that smooth. It needs to be more natural. And I think there's ad libs in there somewhere. It could be. It could be. Yeah. I, I, I've been really enjoying it, actually. I, I think it's um, it's the um, it's the one time that a remake has been done or a continuation in this case. And, it's, and, and I'm not left incredibly disappointed and, and almost angry. Because I, I remember what, when, what we said, that if, if it had been awful, then, yeah, we'd all be... Uh, I would have been really livid. Really, really quite, you know, really quite angry. Carl, have you been you been catching up with this? You've been watching Not it? seen one. Not seen one. What? Yeah, I... I, I He's got no soul. Don't mm. bother. He's got no soul. Oh, dear. It's just... I just... It just doesn't even register on my radar, I'm afraid. Really? Oh, dear. Well... I tell you, what I want them to do, right? I want them to hack into this Monday night football thing, right? And for their two and a half minute, everyone's sitting there waiting for it. I want them to just hack in and play a bit of Danger Mouse instead. I That'll teach wonder, them. Baron Greenback going. <laughs> I do wonder why they, they, they feel they need to turn it into a movie, though. But uh, apart from the obvious, which is to make money. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. From what I remember back in the day. I'm not sure this is going to, the humour in it is going to translate that well. I mean, there's always a chance it will. There are always, like, some people over in the States who do, do love British humour and comedy and stuff, but there's also a vast amount that don't. They don't get it. Um, yeah, and there's no the, cost the, in it. That's the thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, okay, they're not exactly putting in large sums of money that, that Alexander and uh, 
Kevin Stephen Fry, are they? But uh, yeah, I mean, if, uh, they could go the patent route and just make it like real life characters. I hope they don't. I hope they stick with the way it's presented currently. But uh, I don't know. Would it be able to hold the attention for an hour, an hour and a half, maybe? Um, it depends. You'd have to write. You'd have to write a completely different kind of story for it, and it would have to be. It wouldn't have to be just you know lots and lots of little laughs. It would Ooh. have to be lots and lots of setup. You know, I mean, the, the way you do a you know a comedy, a comedy film, it would probably end up being very much like you know something like it'll min- be an origins or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Quite possibly would be an origin story, yeah. The thing is, it would be nice for someone to actually write a kid's film for kids. You know, because, you know, you said the Paddington, and I was thinking of Garfield and this and that and the other. No one ever just writes a kid's film for kids anymore. It's always, right, what what will granny get out of this? What will mum and dad get out of this? What will a kid... Why can't you just write a kid's film for kids? Audience. That they go... So what? This is going to cost two pound fifty and a packet of crisps to make, <laughs> no, right? No once Hollywood gets involved. In no, my point is, it's not going to cost a fortune to make. So just make a kids' film for kids. It doesn't have to please everyone. No, no, certainly not. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe they'll make a a fun kids' movie, or they'll completely eviscerate the memory of the original Danger Mouse, and it, it'll be utterly dreadful. It'll be Sanford and Sons. <laughs> They should make an adult version of Danger Mouse, like James Bond version with blood guts. But it is, isn't it? It's the whole point. It's a spoof James Bond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And funny enough, Alexander Armstrong sort of carries that off. You know, it's the tone of his voice, and it's maybe it's because I know Alexander Armstrong. You know, you know him, so you, you understand the character a bit more. But when David Jason did it, it was you just felt it was Del Boy putting on a posh voice. Right? Because you know, but Alexander Armstrong, you can see him being a spoof danger. He's more like, you know, the Casino Royal David Niven type thing. Mm, mm. You know, and you can see him being a, a, you know, see, Danger Mouse isn't necessarily useless. You know, normally you get these spoof character, you know, superheroes. Danger Mouse actually is a superhero. He is James Bond, but in cartoon character. Normally they're hapless, where he's not. And I, I can see, I can see a cartoony James Bond film, right, with Jane Danger Mouse. You know, Casino Royale played by Danger Mouse. Why not? I think that would be really funny. He's being portrayed as a bit more of a dimwit in the new series than uh, not quite as than he as used Penfold. to be. Penfold's even more stupid than Penfold. He used to. Yeah, Penfold's quite stupid. But, uh, but yeah, it's slightly more dim, but you can get away with it. It's because they've introduced these uh, characters for the 2015s, you know. You must have strong women characters in yeah. <laughs> even cartoons. Well, Professor <laughs> Scork and Cluck seems to have had a sex change. So, uh, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a voice change as well. And um, you know, it's, obviously, there's nothing wrong with those things. And it's quite funny. It's really well played as well, actually. Um, but... They are sort of building it up, aren't they? they they've got a, you've got Q, you've got M. Um, I don't know if there's a money penny. I don't suppose it would fit in. But you could always introduce, because if you look at it, well, it really we haven't is seen Mrs. Botook yet, have we? Yes, but it really is already a spoof of James Bond anyway. That's what it always was. And let's not forget, Daniel Craig is probably not doing another Bond. So True. The role is there to be had. Oh, wouldn't Ale- Alexander Armstrong playing a serious role after all these years? Wouldn't that be interesting? Very good voice. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, he could write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Sing the theme tune. <laughs> yes, he could. He could. I'd flip that audio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. What did right. you want to know? Hmm? Wasn't that a five-second section on do you still think Danger Mouse is any good? It was. Yeah. All but it was also, minutes. do you want to see the film? And the answer was, yes. well, yeah, if it's any yeah, good. Of course I do. And if my kids don't want to go with, well, they can go somewhere else. Well, they're, yeah, so well, they can wait outside until you finished. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, right. I can have a burrito while I watch the film. Uh, indeed, indeed. Can't you get those from um, what's it station? Apparently, they're very good. Can't remember. No, we, we go to Westfield. Yes. I yeah. Danny Boyle confirms Train Spotting Two will shoot next summer. I haven't actually seen the original Train Spotting, so. What? I haven't. I don't go for for very. Um, you were the wrong age when that came. Suffering out. films with lots of drug taking and people diving into. Comedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose. But Danny Boyle has revealed that long-awaited sequel to uh, Trainspotting will start shooting next summer. The film could even be released as early as 2016, should everything go smoothly and all the actors' schedules align. Boyle has already said that all four original leads, that'd be Ewan McGregor, John Lee Miller, Robert Carlyle, and Ewan Remner, are interested in returning. So... Who's heard of any of them, eh? Well, yeah. Well, Ewan McGregor and Robert Carlyle, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of those. The other two have done really well for themselves. (laughs) Yeah, so they say, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, how much? When when, when we uh, when do we start? <laughs> Will those other two still talk to us? Well, quite. This, is, this seems to be yet another one of these, um, another one of these things that's, you know, we'll go back to something that was really successful that we did a few years ago and we'll, we'll revisit it. Well, of course, uh, it, it's, it's just easy. Well, it's not easy money, but it's uh, possibly oh, better. I think it is easy money. He done a, he done a, a book which is the sequel, but I don't think this film is going to be based on that book. Um, I think it's called Pornography. Or I can't remember what it was actually. It's called. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's apparently it's going to be a totally new um, screenplay, and it's just going to catch up with what they've been up to. But you know, because at the end of the movie, well, you, spoiler alert for you, but um, you and McGregor walks off with all the money that they managed to to get and goes off and starts a new life, and you never really know what happens to the rest of them, as far as I'm aware. But uh, yeah, so it'll be good. It's, I always find, the thing that always sticks out to me is they felt the need when it was released in the States to put subtitles on because the Americans, poor Americans, couldn't understand and, and Scottish accent. Yeah, they've uh, had Billy Connolly since then, so they've learned to... Yes. Um, there's one point in it where they're in a nightclub and it's really loud music and they stick subtitles on even for the Brits to understand. And to a certain extent, when I tried to read the book, I cannot read the book because he writes it like um, in verbatim style. So it's basically written as they're pronouncing the words. And it, it, apparently if you continue, if you persevere with it and, and just read it as it's, as it's written down, you sort of get the idea of what they're saying. But I, find it, I found it so distracting. I just couldn't read it. Two chapters in, I had to give up. It was just doing my brain in. So let uh, the text get your Mac to read it for you. Well, that would have been really interesting, actually, if I tried. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was all about drugs and 80s and... And people who didn't have the eighty success, it was the other side, the other, uh, the other class of people. Loads of money. Yeah, and, and it was it was it was fantastic. I did enjoy it at the time. I remember, um, you know, there's lots of statements about drugs, obviously, in there, um, and having a the slacker attitude. Uh, 
some of which I agree with, <laughs> I've got to admit. But uh, didn't do drugs, though. I've just done alcohol. But, uh, yeah, and there's some violence in there. Robert Carlyle's character's a, a very nasty piece of work. But it's, it's good, entertaining stuff because they're all strong characters. Um, and if you get past the way they talk, which is sometimes very, very fast indeed, it's fantastically entertaining. Um, takes a bit of a dark turn in the middle. <laughs> but then it comes out again at the other end, so it's quite yeah. nice. It's a bit like Mac and Forth. Yeah, and, and, and I still to this day, I have no idea why it's called Trainspotting. He doesn't know why it's called Trainspotting. Does apparently. he not? No. Right. Well. Uh, the writer, that is. I, I yeah. I, is it on any streaming services? I may I may see if I can. Not I'm aware. You probably rent it from someone for like three quid or something. But I've got a DVD somewhere on a shelf. I'll post it to you if I can find it. <laughs> oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, Alex Flix. Alex what? Alex Flix. Ah, uh, yes. Lex Flix. There we go. That sounds quite good. Yeah. There we go. TM. 22nd Century Fox. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it a thing that Monty Python did? It's a 21st Century Frog. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's that's so. Yeah. 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 Oh, dear. Ah, uh, well. Mark Ruffalo's Hulk will appear in Thor Ragnarok. Story from Polygon. Uh, confirming rumours that surfaced earlier this week, Mark Ruffalo is in final negotiations to appear opposite Chris Hemsworth in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, reports of variety. It will mark the first time Ruffalo has portrayed the character outside of an Avengers film. Oh, of course. He played the Hulk for the first time in that uh, in the Avengers film, didn't he? Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Blow initially reported the rumour, which Variety has confirmed through its own sources. Tom Hiddleston and Jamie Alexander are expected to reprise their roles as Loki and Sif, with the <laughs> character Valkyrie rumoured to make her debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't actually know what the plot line to uh, Ragnarok is. I know it was a big thing in the if you followed the Thor comics, but I, I never really did. Thor nearly, never really grabbed my attention as a comic book character. He's okay in the films. Well, he'd done him really well in the films, but um, in, in, the, in the comic universe, I, just, I don't know, it just, it never, you know. It took your fancy. No, but um, I, can, I understand why they have such trouble with the Hulk as a cinema, as a cinematic um, creature, because when he's in the comics, they can obviously add, like, what he's thinking and what's going on around him, because, you know, it got loads of room for text and stuff. In a movie, he doesn't really say anything. He can't actually say anything. He grunts out some words, like normally Hulk smash, and it beats up things and smashes things. But in the, in the two standalone films that they had him in, he was fighting humans. Well, you can't really root for him because the reason he's fighting humans is because he's smashing things up. So we tend to get a bit annoyed if people destroy things that we like. So we tend to attack the people who destroy them. Well, I, that's the thing. I, I I saw parts of the um, of the one that was released in the early two thousands, the Hulk film, yeah, which was a bit weird. And then I saw um, I saw one clip from the one that they did recently with the other guy in it, yep, which apparently wasn't wasn't great. No, I mean the second one was better than the first one. The first yeah. one was far too. I mean, it was done by Ang Lee, so the yeah, Crouching yeah. Tiger, hidden, um, you know, but uh, it was very existential if, if in, a, in a kind of way for a, for a flipping superhero move and you think what are you doing it's an interesting take but work but uh, yeah so if Green Confucius go, <laughs> if you go if the Hulk does go off to a different planet which is again one of the uh, plot lines in the Hulk comics 
then he can be the hero that goes around smashing the bad guys and, and you, will, you will root for him again, you know, because he'll be a heroic character, just like he was in the Avengers where he came along and saved the day towards the end. But mm. uh, he's very limited in what he can do. He's a great comic book character, but he's not a good cinematic character because he's got one, he's a run twi- what, trick wonder. He turns into a big green rage monster and blows things up. And no matter what you do, you can't kill him because he just gets stronger. So he's, he's got the problem of like the Superman character where it, you, you can't, you know, if you go in and see a, a Man of Steel movie, you know nothing's going to happen to him because he's Superman. It doesn't matter what you do, you cannot kill him. I mean, even when they killed him in the comics, he comes back half a year later, just as if nothing happened. So, you know, with certain superheroes, you have the problem is, is that they're just too powerful. And if they're just too powerful, they're no longer... Um, an interesting character to root for or watch. They work well on the page, not not quite as well on the screen. Yeah. I often think it must be very hard to make one of those because green screen must be a nightmare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know you were saying about characters that you don't root for or you do root for. You think about the Terminator. Like it's actually a proper point here. You think about the Terminator character and how they change, turn that round within a series of films. Hmm. You know, you weren't rooting for him in the first series. He, you were quite glad when his little red eye went out, you know. But, you know, the second one, you're going, go on, Arnie. And then by the end of it, you know, he's a, he's a hero. Absolutely. So, it's you the- know, you can turn it around just because of the legacy being, you know, what you've described as. Like, I'm really trying to make out like I paid attention. But um, <laughs> Mark yeah. Ruffalo was very good in Begin Again. Indeed. Well, he was very good in Avengers. Well, in fact, is that what we're going to do? He's very good in Zodiac as well. And it's he's, very good, yeah. he's very good at playing Rick McCorriston. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, you're, you're right. I mean, Terminator 2, it did switch the characters around and it turned him from a baddie to a goodie. But, and that made it a compelling character, who you rooted for. Because mm. um, he had, a, he had a, a real antagonist to go against this is the problem i was just saying well like superman's never got a real good antagonist and the hulk's never got a good antagonist so the the guys that from wherever i don't know what they called the ones that ended up in mirrors in space you know the the baddies from krypton did they come from krypton or did i make that up no you mate it's correct i can't believe that you don't know how proud i am well done well done but you know you had those baddies with a really quite good looking girl that turned up you know, so he did have people that were beating him, and Lex Luthor once he got hold of Kryptonite. Hey, look, I found it, Kryptonite, and he was able <laughs> to make him all weak and feeble, wasn't he? So there yeah. was something, but yes, but it's still, it's still with that sort of character. There's still a problem. Is as you know, they're going to be perfectly safe, and I know you can say you can say the same thing about James Bond, Indiana Jones, hands. Well, maybe, yeah. well, but there is a weakness, though, isn't it? <laughs> because with uh, what's his name, um, Superman. His weakness is his human character and his his relationships with humans as a human. That's his weakness. That's, that's more Spider-Man. But uh, yeah, it, there is a weakness with Superman, and that is if you get a load of kryptonite, he becomes a weakling. And, you and then what I meant, his weakness is go for Lois Lane or the kid that takes the photos. You know, that's his weakness. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe. But no one's ever going to kill them. No one's going to be brave enough to kill those staple characters. So. <laughs> but they didn't you, know, well, you might be taking this a little bit too seriously. Well, maybe... <laughs> That's not the point. In the same way, in the same way, the Terminator needed some kind of foil to make him uh, make the make the audience root for him. Maybe Superman will get that in Superman versus 
Batman or whichever way around it goes. Maybe, maybe that will do something interesting to it. Maybe this will do something interesting for uh, for the Hulk. I hope so. Just so Carl's got something else to think about. Indeed, indeed. Or maybe we'll see the Red Hulk for the first time. In the Marvel However, he's probably universe. only in it to set up his own film later on. So Could be, could be. That's probably will be. Um, I wonder how colourblind people see the Hulk. There you go. If you're, if, you're colorblind, <laughs> if you know you're colorblind, please send us a, a, a tweet to say what is the hawk in your eyes. Yeah. 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 Do that. Do that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Well, there is the red hulk, isn't there? The, yes. The other, the other one. There's loads of different hulks. Yeah. Really? And uh, yes. Yeah. Loads of, he changes colors loads of times during the film, comic books. Oh, I thought I was doing well knowing he was green. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, at least he keys nicely. Steven Spielberg says Indiana Jones 5 will star Harrison Ford. We're not going to dwell on this one. Okay. Yeah, so what have we been watching written? <laughs> why not? I, mean, I don't mean why not dwell on it, but why shouldn't he be? Well, I mean, you lot gave it a real kick in the four, right? And Chris I don't Scott know because you... Kick in. No, because it's because... You, look, I, no, I've it's watched, awful. I, look, I've watched all of them, as in almost like they're kids' films and they don't have any higher... Intellectual no. level than that. First That's one, how I watch it. The right? willies at me when all their faces are melting and exploding at the end. I, I've avoided this one because of Carl's warnings. I haven't got a problem with it's, it. I mean, it's not as good as a film as the others, granted, but it's not the the terrible travesty that people make out of it. It absolutely is. Only if you care too much about the films in the yeah, first that's place. That's the point, isn't it? Why would you not? Why would you see it if you don't care about it? The point is, if I've you're watched loads see, of films that I'm not, you're that going to see the fourth Indiana Jones movie. You've got stock already in the first three, and okay, maybe the second one wasn't the greatest thing, but then he done the third one to make up for it. Four just is awful from beginning to end. It is absolutely awful. There's not one redeeming quality in it at all. Well, they managed. No, I can't say that because it's a spoiler. There's a character in it I don't like because he's an actor that I don't like, and he doesn't come through at the end. And I'm like, oh, glad you killed him. So that's quite. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. <coughs> see, oh, I did dear, that see, without spoiling it. You set him off. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean they need to. They need. They don't need to, but if they can redeem what they did with the Crystal Skull, then. That would be great because at the moment that's the sour taste in my mouth because that's the last time we got to see our hero. But they and- have set it up though for a, like they can do the character change that he becomes his father's character and the son that was introduced. Yeah, in the- we we do not want Mutt. I do not want Shia LaBeouf in anywhere oh, here. God. The fifth one. He's got to. We got here that somehow his character went off on his yes. bike, fell off a cliff somewhere. That's what we need to hear. In Shia LaBeouf's own words, no, 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 no. He is the no jar- lyrics. He is the Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. It's absolutely horrendous. And make matters worse, he turns up looking like um, the name escapes me from the Wild Ones. Uh, Famous actor from Apocalypse. That, oh dear, Marlon Brando. He, he oh dress, turns up dressed like Marlon Brando. Well, that's, that's the whole point, just, wasn't it? Yeah, I know, but he's just adding insult to injury, I find. You think, oh my God. Okay, so you're trying to come on the screen like this like legendary actor before he went a bit weird. And which Shia LaBeouf did, strangely enough. Very but, much so. 
Yeah, and it's calling you back to the uh, the wild ones because he's dressed exactly the same. Yeah, I don't think it was though. But the wild ones and that was set at the same time, and he was meant to be the same sort of well, the just, same sort of gang. It just grated when I looked, and I thought, oh god, no! And uh, it's awful. It's an awful film. Awful, 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 awful film. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you on the grounds that I, you know it didn't matter to me one way or the other. That's my whole point. It's obviously almost a sort of a, a sacrilegious event for you. Whereas for me, it's just another version of a film that wasn't as good as a couple of the others. No, it's just a shame. It was expecting great things about it, you know, and it's things like this and things like the prequels, which makes me every now and again pause when I think about the new Star Wars and I think, well, maybe it might not be as good as we think it's going to be. But I'm hoping it won't. So, well, no, you know, I don't think you think it's going to be that good. You're just aspirations as such. And I don't think they'd have the guts to make something terrible again because I think, <laughs> you know, if they did it, that, I mean, they're working on the principle that how many films are they going to make in this batch? Well, six. In t- we're going to make three sequels and then standalone things. Okay, so if you're talking about six movies, they know that this one's got to work because people yeah. are. So this is your last chance. And they spent, what did they pay, a billion dollars or something for the franchise? I can't remember. It was a lot of money. Disney, yeah. They paid a lot of money. This has got to work, otherwise you're going to have trouble making your money back. Well, at least Star Wars Battlefront looks like it's going to be good. <laughs> that looks awesome. That's the game. Oh, mm. good. Mm. I was just sitting there waiting for you to throw it in, and you were leaving me hanging. Let's get on to what we've been watching, reading, listening to, or playing this week. Now, Mr. Carl. Yes. You've chosen a film, which Alex said he has, he has well, seen, seen. He has seen as well. Uh, he hasn't had the chance to speak about it on this fine podcast of ours yet. So yeah, he saw it. it came out this week. Well, so, but it came out when we was away. So yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. So what I'm going to do is, Carl, if you start with yours, but Alex, feel free to kick in whenever you feel you need to. I always feel free to kick him. Oh, sorry, kick in. Sorry, no, 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 kick hit, kick him, oh. not kick in. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so, Mr. Holmes. Oh, so it's um original. Well, I'm not sure if it's based. I think it's based on a book. I actually mentioned a book at the start. And the credits, but uh, yeah, so it's Sherlock Holmes at the end of his life. So he's basically retired. He's moved away to the to the seaside, and he just wants to live out his life um, on the Sussex the coast, tending his bees and stuff. But he 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 wants to he wants to stay alive long enough to to complete a story. What he says is a real story because John used to elaborate too much and make it poetic. So he wanted just to get the raw facts down. But he's having problems because he's starting to lose his memory. So, uh, so he's moved into the cottage and he's got a house, a housekeeper, uh, keeping him like, you know, tending him and stuff. And she's got a, a son and it's just the relationship between the, the boy and, and, and Sherlock, because obviously the boy knows all the, all the history of Sherlock Holmes, cause he's a real character in, in this film, obviously. And so he worships, hero worships him and stuff like this. And it's Mr. Holmes. It's kind of him. It's kind of him finding who he was because it's, it's really hard to actually describe the film without giving away some of the big plot points. It's um, so he's trying to recall a case and he's trying to use some sort of like drugs. Like he mentions Royal jelly. It's not really a drug, but Royal jelly. And then he goes off and collects some, what's the name of the Japanese thing that he goes and gets? Pretty sure I've got Royal jelly in my shampoo. Oh, nice. We well, should be able to remember when to use it. Well, yeah. Kid or something, wasn't it, Alex? I, yeah, can't remember. I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, it's a thing that's meant to like help your memory. And so he 
will, he wants to tell the real story because he when, he shows when he was he was younger, and he goes to see his own movies, which is a bit weird. So he's watching this dramatization that John wrote, and then he gets filmed, and he's saying it didn't end like that. So he's trying to recall how it ended, and he's getting flashbacks at the same time and stuff like this. Is Benedict Cumberbatch in this? No. no, it's the only <laughs> film out this year that he's not in. I think. Oh, really? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good because again, I can't I can't give away what's actually happening because then it sort of blows the whole. Um, yeah, there's a couple of points you can give away that make make a difference. That Sherlock had actually been. I mean, he's 97 at the point when we join him now. Nights. Yeah, I think he's 97. Nights. And the point is, he's been there 30 years. And all he can remember is he gave up in London because of this case. Yes. And he can't remember what the outcome of this case was. So he goes, I gave up being Sherlock Holmes, the detective, to come and live here, but I can't remember why I came to live here. And I really need to know what happened to this woman because of what did I do to this woman? Why did I decide I could no longer be a detective anymore? And he's trying to piece it together again. That's the most important thing because there's a frustration. He, he, he wants to stay alive because he wants to remember. He, he assumes, he's sure that he failed this woman. But he doesn't know if he did. It's, that's, to me, the wonder of this thing. The fact that Sherlock Holmes is a hook to hang this story on. The story itself is a really interesting story of... <laughs> I know it doesn't sound that interesting when I say it. It's, it's a story of dementia, and it's a story of somebody trying to remember who they were, who they were and why they became what they did, and they cannot remember the bit in between. And considering who it is. That's the point, isn't it? And he's using trying to stimulate himself to be able to recount the story with the help of a young lad who he's... He's being able to give him, uh, you know, everything he writes down is given to this boy and it seems to be helping him because this boy is reading it and then asking him questions that seems to help jog his memory. But you've got flashbacks going back. As he remembers things, he goes back in time and you see it being played out. And it's really, it's beautifully done, actually. Mm. It's really sad to see the demise of a man, but you, at the same time you're seeing him being restored in the same in the same breath, I mean, I, I can't see there could ever be a sequel on this because it, it's a it's a conclusion story. I mean, he yeah. doesn't, you know, they, they could, you know, nobody dies in it, right? So it's not like there's an ending, you know. But he's ninety seven. It's not going to be like in ten years time you come back and he's one hundred and seven and he's had another thought. Yeah, <laughs> so I did find, uh, and then my brain's gone. The guy that played him, very very famous. Yes, and it's gone out of my mind. Who played him? No one's looking at it's, uh, it's, Yeah, it's, it's uh, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. <coughs> hmm. Ian McKellen, Ian Laura Mc Linney, and Hirokai Sanada, and yeah. Milo Parker. But Ian McKellen, he's, he plays the fragility of Holmes so, so well. I mean, so well. That when <laughs> you see him in the flashbacks, you're like... I mean, he, he plays... In the flashbacks, he's still old because it's the last case he did before he retired. So in the flashbacks, he's meant to be, I suppose he's only meant to be 67. Yeah. He actually seems older in the flashbacks, right? But 
he plays the old character, the old, old home, so well that when you see in the flashbacks, it almost doesn't look right. It's the frowness. I was looking at this and I was thinking, I'm glad Ian McKellen did this because he can't be long for the world. It was so, so... No, when you watch it, he's so frail and he does it so convincingly. Uh, Ian McKellen's 76. I'm sure he's still got plenty of... uh, Yeah, but the way he portrays portrays Holmes at 90, I mean, the makeup was amazing. But But his manner and his movements. And acts and everything. And then when he goes back to... um, (laughs) <laughs> I say younger homes. Uh, he's like he's debonair. He's calm. He's collected. He looks like in control. He's poised. And I started thinking, oh, I wish I'd seen him actually play Holmes in a proper home story. He, he carries it off so well. But you know, he's obviously he's playing two different characters who are obviously the same, but just at different stages of their life. And and you know, most people just put on the makeup and that's it. They like do a oh, slightly no, it was incredible. Kiss. I mean, it's his total immersion into this character when he gets old. And you feel like, you know, there's, there's situations where he falls over and you think, oh my God, you don't want to rush forward and like help him up because he looks so frail. And, you know, I remember my granddad when he was old and he's exactly the same. You think, oh my God, no. Like any, when he's walking along his garden with his cane, you think, God, don't, don't trip because that would just be the end of the film. That would be, I, I was waiting. I was waiting for something that would be how they end it. And I think, no, don't end it like this, please. Fortunately, you don't. I have a much better ending. But, I mean, it's funny because when I did finally get around to seeing it, because I had every intention of going to the cinema and things happened at that time. And by the time I thought, oh, you know what, I've got to go and get it in the cinema, it'd gone. And I was like, oh, great. And, but there wasn't much fuss about it. And I was trying to think, oh, you know, was it any good? Yes, it was any good. But it's not a Sherlock Holmes story as in a Sherlock Holmes story. It's about Sherlock Holmes. It's not, there is a case in it, but the case is only there as a plot device for you to see the man Sherlock Holmes rather than a story where, you know, it doesn't matter who plays Sherlock Holmes, it's because the story, it's the genius, it's this, it's that and the other. This was about Ian McKellen playing an old man who just happened to be called Sherlock Holmes and it was stunningly beautifully done. Mm. I mean, I I do, I, I kind of, disagree with the end i thought there was a point to the it but i can't say what the point was because it spoils the movie no, um, no no there is a point complete. there is a point but there's not a point as in a normal sherlock point no but it, it does address something that's normally not addressed in a sherlock holmes movie because it's all about facts and you know mm. and he does it's sort of it's, it's a there's that point i get you sorry yeah. nice rounding up it's a nice rounding up to the character which probably isn't well it's not in any of the films i've ever seen but well, no um, he d- he discovers that he he can over he, he can <laughs> be careful he can, yeah he he can not just be analytical and correct he he's found a new part of his soul that took ninety seven years for him to get to mm-hmm. and then he went and he almost you could see him going and there was one point he said something about almost like I wish I'd have got this or understood this. All those years ago, it's it's fan and it's great, and because and and that it's just a fantastic character study of a famous de- like detective that you've lived with forever, and it's just a different way of looking at it, and it's it's good. It's a really wonderful film. If you if you haven't seen it because it just flew part out of the cinema, go and see it. Rent it from iTunes. Rent it from Blockbuster, not Blockbuster, Netflix. Blockbuster. <laughs> 
I don't know what, what do Amazon call their thing now? Does he love films still? I no, remember. it's just Amazon Prime colon yeah. movie film for theatres. Download it from somewhere. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a fantastic little film. Uh, maybe wait until it comes out on some streaming service, but definitely see it when it comes. I mean, out. I, I will watch it again because I, I, I got caught up in it, and I'm sure I missed up. I missed stuff because I got so caught up in it. And there must be nuances of Holmesian stuff that I missed, but I didn't care. I, at the end, I didn't care if it was Sherlock Holmes. I didn't care what the outcome of the case was. I cared well, about this old man. There were several like panning shots of his stuff, and I always thought, if I pause it, I wonder what I could see in this shot. <laughs> and I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's anything there, but there must have been a reason to slowly pan across this stuff. Yeah, there, there were they were little bits out of different stories, but you know, I was too yeah. emotionally involved in it, and it really was. You get emotionally involved in a lovely story. I see it, and he, he, make, he, he makes the odd reference to an old case here and there as well. So dialogue, it's good. It's oh, good. also just to say. I mean, obviously, this is all never Conan Doyle's version of anything, but there's all what happened between him and Watson in the end, where people went, you know, did they live, did they die? And they throw in conclusions. So he's almost like someone, I mean, it felt a bit wrong as in someone else has made the final chapter for Conan Doyle's creation. But it is, there's the final chapters or the... Uh, the answers to what happened to so many people in the whole, um, you know, Sherlock Holmes, you know, Can- conical. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it was, it was nice. Anyway. Well, good pick, Carl. Sorry, I spoke as much as you did. In, adi- in addition to, in addition to this, we actually, we actually got um, the, the trailer for, um, for the Benedict Cumberbatch Opus. Um, you know the uh, the the new Victorian um, Sherlock coming soon to a Christmas special near you. Yes. Very quick. What do we think? I I I'd like the look of it myself. I I'm as, as a slightly one-off. I'm slightly worried, but not for any other reason than <coughs> I. It looks a bit stylized and a little bit over the top. Yeah, but other when than I that, heard him speak, it made me realise. I think of him as Sherlock 2015 and his, his um, mannerism and his speech patterns and his cadences and all the rest of it. When I heard him sound and speak in the same patterns as he does in 2015 in 1880 or whenever it was meant to be, 1890, I don't know what it said, I just went, oh, that's really grating on me. Nothing wrong with what he's doing in 1890 or whatever. But he's now ingrained in my mind as modern Sherlock. And I'm really having trouble trying to separate the two things because he's, to me, it's like watching modern Sherlock pretend to be old Sherlock. And that's where I'm having an issue. I want him to pull out his phone and do some texting (laughs) because he's so close to the modern character and it's something about the beauty about the modern character was they lifted this thing and they completely rewrote your entire concept of what Sherlock Holmes was and now to throw that whole rewritten concept that you've got in your mind back again into the old one my brain was going I'll oh, stop it no 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 you're just confusing me so anyway I'm sure it'll be great and any issue will be mine not the stories 
But yeah, yeah. well, considering the issues we all had with the last series of Sherlock, yeah, I'm not so sure they're just going to be your issues. I think they'll be everybody's. It's weird. I, I, got, I got a problem more with John Watson's uh, speech patterns in it because he seems <laughs> the more, um, you know, because there's a way uh, the character plays it. Uh, I don't know. I, I wait and see. Of course, I saw you know, there was, they made a lot of play of the uh, deer stalker hat and stuff, which is of course purely from the movies, the older um, Basil Rathbone movies. So that was referenced in uh, this one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In uh, in Mister Holmes, it's referenced. But uh, yeah, but um, I don't know. So I don't know if they're going to go for the campy like let's let's camp this up because it's a Christmas special because there's no you know there's no flashbacks apparently there's no reason for them to be set back in the Victorian age oh it's no just, no it's not related at all it's a one off no, completely, completely separate definitely. yeah so yeah. if they're willing to do that that means they're I, as far as I'm concerned they're willing to just throw anything against the wall and have as much fun as they can so because it'll be references won't it that's the whole point it'll be lots of references to modern stuff just like they used to try and do modern uh, references to the older stuff, because it's a Christmas special, they, I'm pretty damn sure they're going to try and do, oh, this is how it would have been done in Victorian times, but this is, you know, you'll obviously know how he does it in modern times. And I don't know, it might great, I think he's got a great, massively on Alex and true Sherlock Holmes fans, but uh, it could also be quite entertaining if they do it well. However, as we know, when it comes to <laughs> that, that compliment, when it comes to Doctor Who spe- Christmas specials, uh, they're not. Oh dear, they're not their, their finest. Just. They're, they're dreadful. I mean, utterly dreadful. So I mean, we haven't met, we haven't mentioned this series of Doctor Who for a while, but well, we haven't I'll been tell on. You what. No, but I was like, <laughs> no, I it's probably better we haven't had any episodes. No, I mean, I'm, I'm leaving it because uh, it's always in Tone's pick. So when Tone's comes back, we can all sit there and have our say. But. I don't even know what I think anymore. It's gonna no, be on that. No, well, let's. I'll tell you what. Let's let's continue with your with your um, with your picks, Mister Alex. Okay, right. Quite simply, I'm only picking two. Oh, very know. interested to know what, what what you think of the first thing on your list. Okay, yeah. Now I, I had it recommended to me by uh, I think Richard Harkness mentioned it. Uh, Paul Wright mentioned it. A few people were just saying, "Oh, Alex, have you seen this? You'll like this." enough i'll give it a go they, they've actually thought you'd like this i cannot believe i would it never was i was i put out I something to do with what now the thing is have you seen this car yeah As is no this guy your holy grail of because you he and actually, him have got the same thought touches, patterns he touches on some very well-known theories and stuff in it yes but but i can't see it any more from entertainment but it's good to open people's minds to possible other things that are going on in the world okay well i should mention what it is actually because it'll probably help everyone else no let's it's keep them guessing it's mr ha ha robot it's <laughs> yeah. mr robot um now i'm very new to this um i find it interesting well look i can read what it says here because it's easier than getting it wrong Follows a young computer programmer who suffers from social anxiety disorder and forms connections through hacking He's recruited by a mysterious anarchist who calls himself Mr. Robot. I'd say he's got slightly more on a social anxiety disorder. Um, it goes a little bit deeper than that, I'd say. But he's meant to be a genius hacker with a group of other genius hackers. And you can't quite work out 
what's real, what's not real, who's he talking to, who is he seeing, who is there, who isn't there. It's not like I see ghosts, but it might be I see people because I might be slightly schizophrenic. Um, and there's a lot of that going on. Um, there's a lot, I mean, it, it's the ultimate paranoia program. You know, there is nothing in the world that is as it seems to him. You know, there, there is nothing real. Everything is uh, a conspiracy. Everything. I mean, I know it sounds sound like Carl, but everything is a conspiracy. Everything is... Everyone is out to get him. Everybody else has a, a purpose. Every, you know, it, it, it's incredibly paranoid. But he's a hacker. But he's a, what do they call it? Um, an ethical hacker to start off with. He a works for a sec- Yeah, he works for a security firm who's trying to, you know, stop other people being able to hack because he knows all about hacking. Um, and he... <sighs> It, it appears, because I'm only on about episode four or five, it appears that he's supposed to be the best of the best. He's the top gun of paranoid schizophrenic <laughs> hackers, if there right. is such a thing. But he um, has a crisis of conscience. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't think he has a conscience. He just doesn't quite understand at any time whose side he's on, because he doesn't believe anybody or, or anything at any given time. And it's very interesting. There's a group of um, anarchist hackers uh, and Mr. Robot, who's played so creepily by Christian Slater. Really I mean, this good is, heavens. This Christian is really Slater. Christian Finally Slater on another Christian Slater level. Star of Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. For, oh, he's really good, isn't he? For 10 Christian seconds, very, yeah. Very oh. good. And what I like about him, he, this character's... I don't know how good or bad he is at hacking. He's just so utterly mad that everyone else seems to do the work, which is, is quite nice. But, but yeah, and so he, the, this, this, um, uh, the character's really hard to remember the names because he's not Mr. Robot. This character played by um, uh, Rami Malek, and I can't remember the character's name. He, so he works for a security company, a, a, you know, a cyber security company. Um, and he's protecting the biggest, so-called the biggest company on the planet. Um, I don't know who it's meant to be. But Wayne Enterprises. Big workout. <laughs> yeah. Meant to be. But, you know, he's, he's protecting them, and then he sort of works out that somebody has hacked into this system, and he's just quick enough to get to the system to stop it taking over, and there's a message in that system. And he decides what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop it doing any damage, but I'm going to take control of it. I'm going to lock it down. I'm the only one that can set this thing off if I want. He doesn't want to delete it. He's decided, no, I'm going to take control. I'll leave it there if I want it. And it turns out basically that was a test from this hacking group. If he deleted it, he wasn't the type of person they wanted in his hacking group. If he stuck it there for his own interests, that's the guy they wanted. And it's dark, it's dirty, it has got feelings of train spotting that you mentioned earlier, actually. It's got that sort of, sort of drug addled, can't quite work out what's real or not real. It's and they don't let you necessarily routes. know what's real or not real. There's things that happen, and halfway through the episode, you go, oh, no, that couldn't have happened because you still um, know. And so it, it's written and it's directed in a certain way that you, you really have to pay attention and. Did you and like it's a it, bit, 
because we we because uh, I went through this. I, I picked this a couple of weeks ago and I went through the plot and everything. So, but no, did you like it? Did I not pick you up on that? Did I like it? I I do like it. Um, oh, wow. it depends where it goes. At the moment, I like it. If it, it it's a real cross between things. It's got the darkness of say series one of, and I've got to get this right, oh, and it's gone out of my head. The American show that they made from Britain with, um, you know, he becomes president, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, um, House, of uh, House of Cards, yeah. It's got that sort of dark element of real people stabbing each other in the back. People that you think are working on one side of the equation are actually working on another side of the equation. There's a new guy that's becoming the head, I'm going to call him CEO, but that's not the abbreviation I use, of this new great big company who seems like the nastiest, darkest, most evil, corrupt person on the planet. It's a perfect job, really. And, you know, so there's so many twists and turns, and it's so dark. And I've got a feeling there's going to come points I'm going to have to stop and try and review so I can actually work out who's who and who's doing what. No, is it, is it stay sane? Okay. I think no, it's good. I think it's clever. The writer has said there's actually no plot in season one, it's all set up for season two. Which sort of worried me a little bit, because I did have a feeling that if this hasn't got a conclusion, like House of Cards, there was an <laughs> ending. And I did have a feeling that there might not be an ending. But it says on IMDb, DB, that season two is already around. Mm. Now, I've only seen season one. No, it's I'm not Probably around in the States, I think. Oh, am I? Okay, just not well, it says season one, season two. I'm clicking season two. Well, We'll find oh, out it, what's it, Oh, it's got... Oh, no. It's just got a pilot for season two, and it hasn't come out yet. So IMDB have just added something to the website. They shouldn't have done. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I... Um, yeah. If you like your dark, gritty, slightly confusing, paranoid dramas, in other words, Carl's life, then... Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay. Right, quickly, I'm saying kind of far more pleasant. But what were you going to say, Carl? I say this is bright and shiny. His outlook on life compared oh, right. to well, I just hide mine incredibly well. Let's <laughs> let's get Alex's quick quick last mention. Then we'll do mine, okay, and then you can right. go to bed. BBC <laughs> Simon Sharma. It's called Face of Britain, and what it basically is, it's about various forms of portraiture, from painting to sculpture to photography to whatever, and it's a, basically the history of capturing people's images in Britain. And um, well, I quite like, um, I mean, I love Simon Sharma's work, but I, I quite like the way this has been put together because it's five parts. Um, face of power. Um, so obviously the original portraiture was all about only famous people were painted and they were painted for a reason, you know, and what they were trying to depict. Then you got face of the people, which was really lovely. It was more about photography and it was about people that took people pictures just so people could see history in in time face of fame so now you've got celebrities how they manipulate their images etc and it's all done around the arts all done around the media all done around a po- uh, portraiture the look of love um hasn't come out yet um obviously you can work out that's about images of you know paintings and photography over the time of yes exactly and the last one is face in the mirror so it's um Self-portrait. Um, it's funny, Simon Sharma is a magnificent historian, but you can tell he's 
true loving life is art. And uh, it comes across. It, I mean, I watch all his history stuff and I watch all his art stuff. And history, factually, he, he, he does have um, an emotional understanding of history. But he's got um, almost um, uh, empathetic f- feeling for artists. And uh, art and history mix them together and he's in his element. And it comes across. It really does. It's a beautiful, beautiful series. And if you've got any interest in art, watch it. And if you haven't got any interest in art, watch it anyway. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> That's my two things. Excellent stuff. Well, on my list, I've just put... Oh, dear. Carl's just sneezed himself almost clean off his chair. Dearie me. You really do need to mend. I did mute, didn't I? I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's been wiser what's on my um what's on my well it's just funny to bring it up well it might not be funny send us your answers on a postcard people um mcu movies i've just put here so this is marvel cinematic movies basically i there are holes in the marvel cinematic universe films that are, there are one they're just ones that i haven't seen so what i did i bought <laughs> or uh, or watched for free the following films i started with because I've seen all the Iron Man ones. I've seen the Avengers, the first Avengers film. I'm not bothering with the first Hulk film because I've just heard it's not very good. Uh, started with Thor. Very much enjoyed it. Very good. All very good. Captain America. Kenny Branagh directed the first Thor, you know? Yes, he did. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I kind of thought, whoa! It was a perfect mix because, you know, the Shakespeare, it's all like Shakespearean, but it's not really. It's like that sort of feel. Yeah, I th- I, th- I was really surprised. I thought I thought oh, I'm probably not gonna I'm probably gonna go for Thor very much, but it, it was it's actually it's actually very good. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth is very good. But that was that was like Tom a Shakespearean Frankenstein, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom Hiddleston's very good, um, and yeah, the 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 entire cast was very nice. Uh, moved on to Captain America, the first Avenger. Very, I I really enjoyed it. I I didn't think I would actually for some reason. It's a good romp. It is. It's a, it's a damn, damn fun film. Hugo Weaving is great in pretty much everything he does. Very, very good. Very much enjoyed that. From there, I moved into Thor The Dark World, which I, 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 think, I think I gravitate slightly more towards the Thor movies because they are slightly more science fiction, but... I just, just yeah, really enjoyed it. Christopher, Christopher Eccleston's the bad guy. He yeah. is, and I only realised it when I saw the credits. Exactly, he's totally uh, unrecognised. He played the hammer. <laughs> he played the yeah. No, just a really good, really good film. Very, very. Um, obviously, has a you know very, very, um, very, very sad bit in the middle of it. But, uh, but no. the, um, the geography gets all mixed up at the end. If you're a Londoner, you know. Oh yeah, I, I just ignore that because I, I, I now I've I, I, I find myself in London more often than I used to these days. I'm just ignoring that these days. Um, always so good. You've got uh, about the Danger Mouse cover. You can't get. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I um, no, I, I, it was nice to see the, the the place where they do the final showdown or whatever. Like, I've been there. Hey, I got a minute. No, that's not so right. Film. I was there when they filmed it. Well, I wasn't. I was there when they were filming. I didn't see any filming. I was just. All right. Very good. Very good. It just got in the way. And from yeah. the day <laughs> down in on. front. What? Come on, you midget Thor, get out of my way. Big girly haircut. Come on, try if you think you are enough. You're in London now. Oh, dear. <laughs> Land. What are you going to do? Throw him in the Thames? No, I'll, I'll, I'll no, give that. Just make him drink a bit. Fair enough. 
<laughs> I thought Thor Dark World was very, very good. Um, but I thought the thought the best one of the lot so far, because I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I thought the best one so far was uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, actually. I thought that was really, really quite good, actually. Yeah, it, it, it just, 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 just very good all around. And um, the Avengers Age of Ultron, eh, I thought James Spader stole every single scene he was in. Well, he always does. Yeah. He's got that voice. The sound about that voice that, that guy does. Um, it's so cool and relaxed, yet menacing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I loved his character in, um, in Boston Legal, um, but uh, Alan Shaw. But it, there's, this is a lot of that sort of stuff that comes out with, uh, with, with Ultron. I had nothing on Ali McBeal. Very good. Well, mm. <laughs> so uh, the next thing I'm going to watch is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I might, oh, pick, I might pick that up this weekend. I've heard I think very I've good seen things that. Yes, talking tree. That's the one they'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. Couldn't you get? For, what didn't they release a limited a limited edition of the of the soundtrack on cassette? Yes. Or um, like that. Yeah, I, I, it was called Volume One anyway. It's called like the Greatest. Or yeah, but they needed to because there was a cassette. Yeah, it's prominent player through the whole thing. The whole well, point. you know, if you're going to ruin, God, the film if you're not going to watch these films, before, mate, and you're not going to be up with us kids, <laughs> yeah, because that's a you're major. You're just not going to understand the. the the reasons like, for this stuff. Mm, fair enough. Um, well, I might have a scoop. <laughs> One of our listeners contacted me on the choir and they said uh, the new, whatever new Top Gear thing is, um, because obviously Jeremy Clarkson tweeted out that picture where they're having the big three supercar race somewhere or something. Anyway, so they've got a production team in London and, and um, our listener has said that the code name for the show is either pit stop, but he's also heard it's called gear knobs. <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard. I've heard that um, Jeremy Clarkson did reply to somebody saying it's gear knobs. I'd like to announce that it's not gear knobs or something. Well, it could be pit stop then, but uh, we, we, you know, it's uh, it's just um, a holding title at the moment. But I can't. He, he wants to remain anonymous, so I can't say who he told. He they also just call it Torchwood. Torchwood, yeah. See if they can find a Top Gear, um, what's it? But um, I could tell you what it should be called, but you'd only have to put the bleeps on. Indeed, indeed. Well, we've got some... Three men and a sad idea, maybe. I'll tell, <laughs> tell you what we have got coming soon, though. We've got uh, The Man in the High Castle starting very soon on Amazon. Mm, that's quite frightening. That's, yeah. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. I think that's going to be... So I, I don't get... Uh, I will probably watch it. But in the same way as I watched Doctor Who as a child, I don't know what you. I will watch little bits at a time, and then probably have to go outside for a walk or something. Come back, get my head clear, and then carry on watching it. I think. I think we need to do something about this, Carl. Have you never seen The Man in the High Castle? I don't even know what you talk. No, I've never heard of it. It's one of the Amazon pilots. It's utterly superb. Is it okay? Utterly frightening. But number something else that happened in the last since we was last on is of course Netflix has produced their first movie and I haven't watched that yet either. I've got to say I'm going to try and watch that before the next one. Oh, is that okay? But do you know what I noticed, right? When you know when you start an Amazon program, they uh, they're giving you a ten second Amazon whatever else rubbish they've got advert. I haven't seen one of those yet. 
And I was really annoyed. I was thinking, you know what? I can take the local Bombay curry house, right? You know, five minutes from this door is whatever. I cannot. I'm not paying a subscription service to watch adverts on a subscription service about the subscription service. Are you right? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be great? They're trying to say is it's like you've watched this, so you might also like that. Well, then stick it at the end. Then I do not want that at the beginning. I was rather annoyed, and I'm also annoyed because I did try and watch series. No, episode five of Mr. Robot, and it's not working, and they've got such stupid blooming names on it, it really threw me. Because mm. every, have you looked at the names on Mr. Robot? Yeah, yeah, episode? they're all like techie. Um, yeah, but they're, they're, each one's got um, a different dot. Oh, yeah, MTV and yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like looking at it, I go, no wonder it don't blooming work. Silver Light's never going to be play all those different oh, types dear. of files. <laughs> And I wrote to Amazon as a joke, saying, I can see why it's not working. You've got all the file names wrong. And I put that up, and I thought, no, they're going to retweet it and make me look a prat. Look, make you look an idiot, yeah. But, you know, it was my joke with Amazon. I thought, no, 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 they're going to rip me to bits. I took it down again because I thought, no, because somebody's not going to get my joke. I can't um, I can't find the name of that film now. It's a, it was all over Amazon, uh, Netflix a little while ago. I can't find it. Now. And the other thing was, I know it wasn't in our stories, but I just want to mention it because I think it's going to affect one company more than another, is Amazon are going to stop selling um, Chrome streaming devices or Google devices and, of course, the Apple TV. Now, Apple TV doesn't matter because they've got stores everywhere and they've got an online presence. But if you want to get hold of your um, your Chromecast or, or your Google box and stuff, Google's got a very big if. Yeah, but Google's going to have a problem getting rid of them. And I think it's kind of a crappy idea that Amazon are doing it. I can understand why, because they want to predict, protect their, their streaming model. But, of course, you know, there's a, num- there's a large amount of TVs and stuff with smart players on that also don't have Amazon, but they're not going to stop selling them. So, mm, Well, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I thought Amazon, Google, Apple, Microsoft, I thought they were all being nice little boys now and stopping messing around quite so much. <laughs> oh, not, on, not on this. Beasts of No Nation. That's what that movie's called on Netflix, by the way. How about, um, when's, the, when's the new Apple TV out, Carl? There is rumours, uh, some people in some European sites have leaked uh, Bonfire Night, 5th of November. That's uh, the day you can buy it. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, chance There's a rumour as well that 30th October, Apple will put it out. But for it was meant to be out three, by the end of October. Yeah, so. it's going to be October, but... It, for some reason, it seems to have been pushed back, but nothing, no real reason. iPad Pro pre-order? Um, again, they're saying early November, but who knows? It's not announced, so who knows? They got until the end of November. So I need to get me one of those. Really need one of them desperately. I need a new 5K quad-core i7. Really desperate. I know someone that's got one, Alex, but we'll talk about that. You'll hear about that on Wednesday. Right. Fair enough. I think he might have one. Oh, right, well, he might have one. He might have one too. So they, yeah, so there's a few, <laughs> few things there as well. So we've got some stuff to talk about in the coming weeks anyway, Russ, if nothing there else. Go. There we go. Excellent. P3 screens, that's what you want, P3 screens. Yes, yes. That's all I care about. You can keep the rest of it. I only want the screen. Well, it does come as part of the package. Yeah, I know. Oh, there you go, yeah. yeah. Might break it if I try and take the guts out. Oh, dear. Right. That, that is a show very happy with it carl can finally go to bed once we found out where we can find alex um oh us carl i'm just busy oh, very british life at very british yeah life. that's the one 
Very British life. Thank you very much. Yes, very British life. Thank you for coming on, sir. That's all right. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> well, you didn't forget. You obviously weren't told. Mr. Carl, who who showed up with a cold and everything, where can we find you? Say, mate, he, he, he looks so white. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anyone look. <laughs> anyone that's alive look that colour before. Could um, just I, be I, that his colour's miscalibrated. No, no, it's, I, I am absolutely freezing, yet sweating at the same time here. Oh, ab- no, that's, uh, my voice has held up anyway. So uh, you yes. can hold me on uh, on Twitter at Claw0101 or over on the Mac and Forth show at macandforth.com. Excellent. New episode coming up this Wednesday. It's Wednesday. We've got a special guest who I don't think has been on podcasting for some time, and he's going to be on our show. So that should be quite interesting. It's going to rock your world. Sounds like a good one. You can find me on Twitter at SF Drummer. That's all we have for this show. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwavesshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com or you can get us on Twitter at airwavescast or you can subscribe to our show in iTunes or you can uh, put a review up on iTunes if you have enjoyed the show. While if you're go- right in, we'll knock up a few audio tapes and we'll post them to you. Oh, we will, yeah. <laughs> Well, while um, while Google Plus is still around, you can you can actually find our Google Plus community. If you go go to Google Plus, click on the Communities tab, do a search for the Airwaves, and uh, we will pop. Fingers crossed, we will return next week for a new episode of the Airwaves. But until then, take care. Cheerio. Bye-bye. I'll leave that pregnant pause in.